Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. In Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God, with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed always to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius. Now, <clears throat> this really happened. An angel came to Cornelius. If somebody came to me and said that an angel came to them and spoke to him, I might think, hmm, might need counseling or something. But this is how God works. And this is how God comes to people. So he sends this angel to Cornelius and talks to him. That's amazing. Uh, and here's, here's Cornelius's reaction. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. I'd be scared too. An angel came and started talking to me. Now, <clears throat> that happens multiple times a day with my wife, actually. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Points. So he, he was afraid, but he said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thy alms have come up, before, come up for a memorial before God. And now, here are instructions. Now send men to Joppa and call for one, who, Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea, seaside. He shall tell you what you ought to do. And when the angel which spake to Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And he declared all these things unto them and he sent them to Joppa. Now, <clears throat> the church is gonna take a turn here. This is gonna be a new thing for the church because here's where the gospel broke over the walls of Jewish exclusiveness. Hmm, sound familiar? We hear about this kind of stuff all the time now. When, when salvation first came, it first came to the Jews. But it wasn't just for them. And here's where it breaks out. So <clears throat> Caesarea is a city that was created by Herod and it was really a Roman city even though it was in Judea. And so... Cornelius was an officer in the army with a high rank and it would uh, <clears throat> seem he was a pretty honorable guy. But he did not buy into the religious fables and the sensuous indulgence that was taking place in the city being that it was a Roman city. So he was attracted to the Jewish faith which stood alone um, standing for things like we stand for right now. Purity, honesty, righteousness. And he was attracted to that. And so he adopted some of those characteristic features in hours of prayer and he practiced, 
practiced fasting and he gave alms. So <clears throat> he got God's attention and God sent an angel to him. And so <clears throat> that's only part of the story though because the angel came, he sent men. Now where is he sending them? Well, he's gonna have to send them to somebody that's willing to jump over that wall of exclusivity, right? So while this is going on, Acts 10 and nine on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour and he became very hungry and he would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air, which no good Jew would eat. So here was food presented to him that was not what he would eat. And a voice came to him. Here's another voice. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. So apparently he recognized that this was a God thing going on here. And he said, I've never eaten anything that's common or unclean. And the voice spoke unto him again the second time. What God has made is cleansed. Don't call that common. Three times this happened and then the vessel was received up into heaven. Now, Peter was confused and he doubted, it says in verse 17. Well, Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean. Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made an inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Isn't it coincidental how things come together when God's in it? Two completely unrelated human beings knew nothing about one another. But God, when he, when you seek God, he's gonna find you. And he uses unusual ways to do that. So here's these guys. They came from Cornelius and uh, Peter said, I'm Peter, what's the cause? Where, why are you here? In verse 21, verse 22 said, and they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one that feareth God and of good report among all nation of the Jews was warned by God, <clears throat> warned from God by any holy angel to send for you into his house and to hear the words of thee. Then he called them in and lodged them and on the morrow Peter went with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Peter wasn't going alone because Cornelius was a Gentile. This was forbidden territory they were heading into. So, <clears throat> and then morrow after, on, and the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and he called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter looked up, took him up saying, stand up, I myself am also a man. Don't worship me, I'm just a guy. I'm just a regular person. <clears throat> and as he talked with him, he went in and found that 
many that were come together. And he said unto them, you know that it's an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came to you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. I ask therefore, why have you sent for me? And Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing. And so said Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. And the alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who when he comes will speak to you. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore we are all here present before God to hear all the things that are commanded of thee. So... An angel visits Cornelius, Peter has a vision, they come together, and they came together because they were both obedient. They both did what God asked them to do. If you're seeking God, be prepared to do what he asks you to do. If he's coming to you with the gospel, and you really want the gospel, you better be prepared to be obedient. It's simple, just do what he says. No arguments. So, verse 34. This is where the Gentiles hear the gospel, the good news. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. The word by which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching by the By Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How how God ordained Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And we are witnesses. If you were at men's breakfast yesterday morning, you heard about witnesses. It was awesome. Witnesses, not opinion, not hearsay, not he said, she said, witnesses. And we are all, we are witnesses of all the things. What's he saying here? We saw what Jesus did. We saw the blind healed. We saw dead raised. We saw blood issues resolved. We saw all these things. So there's no disputing. There's no argument. This is what happened. So we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that he is which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all prophets witness through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall 
receive remission of sins. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. The gospel delivered. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? For. Three-letter word for means because. Because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Now, if this isn't good enough for you, if this isn't clear enough, read Acts chapter 11. Peter returns from this time at Cornelius' house. And he goes back to the Jews that may be waiting there to maybe possibly do him harm because he crossed over. He did the unthinkable thing and went to Gentiles. So read Acts chapter 11 and see how he convinced his brothers that God's no respecter of persons it confirmed, Acts chapter 11 confirms Acts chapter 10. It really happened. And it really happened that way. So, <clears throat> God came to Cornelius because he was seeking him and the gospel was delivered to Cornelius's house through this series of events that we just read about. Acts the 8th chapter, verse 26, this is about Philip. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south unto a way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now, I'm a little bit jealous of these guys because God just comes to them and talks to them. That makes it easy. God comes to you and an angel comes to you. It doesn't work that way anymore and I'm a little bit ticked off about it truthfully. <laughs> because, you know, it's... Brother Kevin Marty spent a morning speaking to us about how we hear from God. It, he doesn't just come to us and talk to us. and It's thoughts. It's sensations. It, it's, it's a lot more difficult now to really sort things out. But you know what? These were times when the gospel was first being delivered to, to the human race and God had to use whatever means possible. And he did it in his way. And so here, here is, is Philip. God comes to him and just says, go somewhere south. And so he went. And behold, a man of, of Ethiopia, a, a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen, 
of the Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasure had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? Hmm, wonder what Philip was talking to him about as they went along. It's just a guess, but I think he was talking to him about the gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Here's the burial part. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you can get baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You know something? If we can find people that believe just that much, we've got something in common, right? That connects us. And it could be an open door, right? So <clears throat> he commanded the chariot to stand still and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now here's another cool thing. And when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord <laughs> caught away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Philip disappears. He gets on the transporter. <laughs> the DeLorean shows, I don't know. <laughs> but he's gone. How cool, <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? This really happened. So, <clears throat> so that's how the, go the gospel was delivered to Cornelius and the Ethiopian eunuch. It's not the same way for everybody. If you turn to Galatians, the first, chap first chapter, this talks about Paul, who was Saul, who was a great persecutor of the church. And... <clears throat> He was feared because he went around taking Christians and killing them. I mean, that's just what he did. He got up in the morning and thought, how many am I gonna get today? And so Galatians 1, beginning at verse 11 says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul didn't go to Bible school. 
Paul didn't have somebody come up on the road to wherever and ask him if he'd been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. This came through the experience Paul had on the road to Damascus, and it wasn't over just a short time. Verse 13, for you've heard of my conversion in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And it profited the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. He didn't go to people. He didn't have an angel come. He says, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles I saw none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. Afterwards I came to the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth, preacheth the faith which he once destroyed, and they glorified God in me. So sometimes the gospel is delivered by revelation. Sometimes there's other unconventional methods which are used to deliver the gospel. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in wisdom, the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching. I've heard some foolish preaching. Have you? I've seen guys scream and get red in the face. I've seen guys jump around and get all sweaty and people that would come in off the street would say, what in the world is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. It's the foolishness of preaching. And it's the foolishness of preaching that becomes the power of God unto salvation to us that believe. So <clears throat> some receive the gospel just by preaching. We should really be great, grateful for the preached word of God. Not necessarily the words we want to hear, but the words we need to hear. And <clears throat> don't be offended by the preached word. Don't be offended when somebody might run around and jump up and don't be offended by that. It's God's way of getting to people. It's his way. And you know, there have been times when I've left the service thinking that the message wasn't all that great. Well, guess what? 
Every service isn't all about me. I wish it were. But it doesn't work that way. There's other needs in the congregation that need to be met other than my little simple things. And here's something else I've learned. Don't listen to how the word is preached. Listen to the word that is preached. I'm not a preacher. I don't scream. I can't jump anymore. (laughs) I can't run. I sweat. But it's the foolishness of preaching. It's it's one of the ways that God chose to deliver the gospel. And so I'm grateful for it because the preached word are words of life spoken into your life. So the preached word, the gospel, there's only one gospel. There's only one true gospel. There's a lot of gospels, but there's only one true. Galatians 1 and 6 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but the same, there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, I say now again, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than you have received, let him be accursed. There's only one gospel. There's only one truth that is saving truth. So Paul said, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So, one gospel. First Corinthians 15, 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believed. Jude 1 and 3, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. The common salvation Jude is referring to is salvation other than the true salvation. It's another perverted gospel. So he wrote about that and corrected them and he said it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. One gospel delivered unto the saints. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So Paul said, if anybody preaches anything other than what I've preached, let him be accursed. Well, what did Paul preach? If you go to the Acts 19, it says, and it came to pass, that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. What are disciples? Believers, right? These people believe. Get that? 
they believe. But he said to them in Acts 19 and 2, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Meaning, believing is just the beginning. It's not believe and you're saved. Because there's things that have to happen after you believe. And this is what Paul's saying here. So he said unto them, have received the Holy Ghost since you believed. And they said unto him, we haven't heard so much as there, whether there be any Holy Ghost. Paul doesn't stop there. Then he asks them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Here we go. The gospel was delivered. Now what happens? They, they obeyed. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. How did they know they had the Holy Ghost? And they spake with tongues and prophesied. So, <clears throat> the gospel comes to us in different ways. And <clears throat> every one of us has a story about how the gospel was delivered to you. And I've kind of told you this story before, but I want to tell it to you again because this is how the gospel came to me. This right here, this is the first Bible that I was ever given. It used to have a zipper. I gotta be careful or it's gonna fall out of the cover. There's pages missing. I wrote my name on, I was eight years old when I got this Bible. And so, uh, here's part of it. <laughs> the, the thing that's a little disturbing is that the inside front page is missing. And my dad and mom gave me this Bible. It's how the gospel was delivered to me. On the inside front cover, my dad wrote Second <clears throat> Timothy 2.15. I can quote it to you. <clears throat> study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It says rightly divided. It, means, it must mean then that there's a wrong way to divide the word of truth. There's one gospel, and the gospel came to me rightly divided. Those of you that are sitting in this room this morning, the gospel is here being rightly divided. This is where you find it. You want the gospel delivered to you? Here it is. It came to you today. And I'm just, there are times when I just can't believe. What are the chances? So, my real story is my great-grandmother married a man 
who had two sons. His wife had passed away. This was up in Escanaba, Michigan. And <clears throat> those two sons, as they got older, they decided to leave the UP and they went to California and began to write letters home about an experience they had with God in California. And they explained how they had learned of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And they learned of that at the Azusa Street Revival. And so <clears throat> my great-grandmother and grandfather looked into the word of God. They saw the gospel, the one gospel. And that began a generational thing. So it was passed on from my great-grandmother and father to my grandfather and mother. My grandfather was not, he had a death, deathbed experience, literally. But I'm looking forward to seeing him someday. So it got passed to them, to my folks and to us, and now my kids and my grandkids, six generations. It's my story. I had the gospel delivered, the word of truth delivered, rightly divided. God bless you. Remember who you are and the name that you bear. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.